ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah حدثني جماعه من الشيوخ باسناد كل الى سفيان بن عيينه عن عمرو بن دينار عن ابي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمرو عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم انه قال الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الارض يرحمكم من في السماء The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that those who are merciful then they will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Show mercy and be merciful to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens he will show you mercy. ذلك بأن العلم العلم رحمة نتيجته رحمة في الدنيا وغايته رحمة في الآخرة. And that is because knowledge it is mercy. The result of knowledge is mercy in the dunya and the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. Ya ibadullah. We continue going over the tremendous book Al-Arba'in al-Nawawiyah by Imam al-Nawawi. This book is tremendous because it brings in it the ahadith that highlight the qawaid, the principles of the religion. It is incumbent and it is a must especially as people of the sunnah that we concern ourselves and that we busy ourselves with that which is beneficial and that we benefit ourselves or that yani by studying and seeking knowledge and seeking knowledge of those things that are most important and then going to that which follows it in importance and bila shakku bila raib the principles of the deen is of tremendous importance that we have to devote time to study we have to devote time and dedication so that we may learn them bithnillahi ta'ala we have reached the third hadith and this is the hadith the hadith of, of uh, abdullah bin umar 
radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma an Abi Abdurrahman Abdullah Abdullah bin Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma qal sami'tu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul he said I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying bunya al-islam ala khams that Islam is built upon five Shahadati an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah wa iqam al-salat wa ita'i al-zakat wa hajj al-bayt wa sawm al-ramadan Hadith mutafiqun alayh This hadith has been collected by al-Bukhari al-Muslim Hadith mutafiqun alayh It is a hadith that is agreed upon Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma he said that I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying that Islam is built upon five the testimony, the shahada, that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah, and that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. The establishment of the prayer. The paying of zakat, hajj to the house, and fasting Ramadan, and fasting Ramadan. It is very important and vital that every Muslim knows these pillars well. It is vital that every Muslim knows these pillars well, and in particular, those pillars that no one is excused from being ignorant about them. So when it comes to the shahadatain or the shahadatan, yani, when it comes to the salat, when it comes to fasting and the like, all Muslims have to know rules and regulations as it relates to them. Naam. So those who they have the ability to fast, then they have to know the rules and regulations about fasting. Those who have the ability to make hajj, then they have to know the rules and regulation of hajj. Those who have the ability to pay zakat, then they have to know what are the rules and regulations of the zakat. But when it comes to the salah and when it comes to the shahadatan, these two are binding on every Muslim. There is no Muslim who is excused as it relates to them. We have to believe correctly and we have to pray. We have to believe correctly and we have to pray. Ala kulli hal. Qala fadilta shaykh al-allama, the muhadith of Medina, al-shaykh Abdul Muhsin, al-abbad, ahmedhullahu ta'ala, he mentions, he says, qawluhu, his statement, bunyan islam ala khams, the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Islam is built upon five. He mentions, he says, فِيهِ بَيَانْ عِظَمِ شَأْنِ هَذِهِ الْخَمْسِ That in it, then there is a clear explanation showing and highlighting the importance of these five. Showing and highlighting the importance of these five. وَأَنَّ الْإِسْلَامِ مَبْنِيٌ عَلَيْهَا And that Islam is built upon these five. Naam, showing the importance of these five. And that Islam is built upon these five. وَهُوَ تَشْبِيهِ مَعْنَوِي بِالْبِنَاءِ الْحِصِّي 
And this is likening and bringing an example by likening in an abstract manner a physical building. Naam. So it is highlighting and showing us that the pillars of Islam, then they are like the pillars of a physical building, right? So it's giving us that example to drawing that correlation so that we can understand better what is intended that when they are called to refer to as pillars, naam, and so that we better understand what is meant when it says that Islam is built upon them, naam, that Islam is built upon them, right? So the Sheikh he mentions, he says, كَمَا أَنَّ الْبُنْيَانِ الْحِصْرِ لَا يَقُومُ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ he said, just like a physical building is not erected, is not established, it will not stand except upon its pillars, except upon its supporting pillars. Naam. Then likewise, Islam, it is built upon these five. Then likewise, Islam, it is built upon these five. And if these five are non-present, then the structure will be non-present. Just like a physical building. If its supporting pillars are not there, then the building will collapse. The building will not have stability. Naam, the building, it will collapse. Naam, so likewise, if these five pillars are not there, then a person's Islam, it will, it will collapse. It will collapse. Naam. وَاقْتِصَارُ عَلَى هَذِهِ الْخَمْسِ لِكَوْنِهَا أَسَّاسًا لِغَيْرِهَا And it was only mentioned, these five, and this is because these five, then they are the pillars for other than them. They are the pillars for other than them. It's not saying that Islam is only these five, but it's saying that these are the pillars of Islam and the other aspects, then, then they will branch out from them. Then the other aspects, they will branch out for them. Naam, they, they, they are the foundation for other than them. And what is other than it, what is other than these five pillars from the affairs of the religion, then you find that they are following these affairs. Then they are following these affairs. نعم وأورد النووي هذا الحديث بعد حديث جبريل and Imam al-Nawi he brought this hadith after the hadith of Jibreel now a person may ask why what is the benefit in bringing this particular hadith after the hadith of Jibreel where inside of the hadith of Jibreel we heard these pillars when Jibreel asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about what is Islam the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he responded by mentioning these pillars. So, what is the additional benefit that we gain from this particular hadith, and why did Imam al we bring this directly after the hadith of Jibril? Now, uh, the Sheikh he explains, he mentions, he says that Imam al when he brought this hadith after the hadith of Jibril, and even though the hadith of Jibril it, it contains these five pillars, هذا الحديث من بيان أهمية هذه الخمس وأنها أساس الأساس الذي بني عليه الإسلام. Imam Nawawi he brought this hadith here because this hadith here it one highlights these five. It one it highlights these five and also it establishes the fact that these five are the foundation by way in which Islam is built on. That Islam is built upon these five. And that's a benefit that we don't get from the hadith of Jibreel. However, we find it here in this hadith. And this is a, um, a small illustration, perhaps, to show, 
يعني what Imam al-Bani rahmatullah used to often mention and others from the ulama they mention that it is impossible to come to a ruling on a particular matter or particular subject based upon one proof or one evidence but rather all of the proofs and evidences related to that subject or that topic or that issue have to be brought together so that we can properly understand and bring a ruling on said subject, issue, topic, etc. Now, um, and this is because what, in order to have a well-rounded understanding. So in the Hadith of Jibril, we understand that Islam comprises of these five. However, here in this Hadith, we have the additional benefit. So it is, yani, so this Hadith, as the ulama they mentioned, this Hadith, it completes the Hadith of Jibril. It's like a completion, uh, yani mentioning a very important aspect that needs to be understood that was not explicitly said in the Hadith of Jibreel, but it was implicitly understood. Now, in other words, it was it was understood from the mentioning of the Prophet of these five when asked what is Islam, that we understand that these are the most important aspects of Islam and thus the foundation of Islam. But that was not explicitly stated. So Imam knowing he did not leave it for a person to be able to understand knowing that that is a point of benefit that many people may have missed. So therefore, he brought this hadith here, the hadith of Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, where the Prophet sallallahu he said it very clearly, Muni and Islam ala khams. Islam is built upon five. Naam. So he didn't leave it for the the reader he didn't leave it for the student he didn't leave it for the muslims to guess but rather he was very clear and this also we can take there's a takeaway from this as well another takeaway and that is is that the the da'wah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was a da'wah that was very detailed it was not a da'wah that was general it was not a da'wah that was built upon generalities but rather the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he he he, he he called with a call that was detailed. It was detailed. Naam. And it was clear. It was clarity. Yani, so much so, the Prophet said what? I left you upon that which is clear. How clear? That it's nighttime is like it's daytime. That's how clear it is. Naam. And this is an important aspect of the da'wah. The true Islamic da'wah is a da'wah that is clear. It is not a da'wah that is filled with ambiguities. It is not a da'wah that is filled with generalities. But it is a da'wah that is clear and it brings forth details. Naam. It is clear and it brings forth details. Hence, the true caller, the true carrier of the Islamic message, then it is an individual who not only does their message coincide and comply with the deen of al-Islam, but it also has this characteristic of clarity. Wuduh. It has this characteristic of clarity. Clear. Tamiz. Naam. It's mumayiz. It is clear. It is distinct. It is clear. It is distinct. It is descriptive. So therefore the ulama you find that when they teach, likewise, they bring forth clarity. Naam. They are clear. They don't leave things in the air so that it is not understood they don't just throw things out there and then say oh the people don't understand no but they point the people in a direction that is best for them based upon their understanding
This is the method of the ulama. The ulama is not their way that they will come to you and they will say, well, Ahlul Sunnah says this. The Mu'tazila say that. The Asha'ina, they say this. The Sufiya, they say this. The Shia, they say this. The Maturidiya, they say this. Yeah, and, 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 and to the end of it, and then, and then be quiet. That's it. This is not the way of the ulama. The way of the ulama is that they clarify to you. This is the truth. This is what is clear. And if they mention the opposing statements, then they refute them. And this is what has been said. And this is why it is incorrect because of X, Y, and Z. But to just to throw everything out there and then now leave it for the people uh, under the guise of full disclosure, this is not from the way of the ulama. This is not from the way of intellect. It's not from the way of wisdom that you just throw everything out there and then let the people figure it out for themselves. No, it's not. that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. Those who are in need of being taught on don't have the ability to discern between this and between that. By throwing everything out there, you leave them confused. Naam. And also, this is a sign of an individual who is ignorant. This is a sign of an individual who is truly ignorant. Naam. Or an individual who wants to play games. They want to play games, so they're speaking like a politician. Because they don't want to lean this way or lean that way. Because they don't want to offend this one or yani, you know, uh, turn away that one and so on and so forth. So they say things that they, they, they can skate away. So they bring forth this overwhelming generality where you leave it with subhanAllah, but nothing. So what is he? So what is he? You leave with nothing but confusion. I'll give you, I'll give you an example of this. Now, and, before, and then we'll come back inshallah. Please pardon my, please pardon this. But it has to be said. Imam al-Bani, he mentioned a story about an individual who was, a, who was a ignorant. He was ignorant, right? And his father was a, a mufti of the particular place, the particular region and the like. And the father said, I want to go, I'm going to make hajj. I want to leave you in my stead, in my stead. When the people come, answer their questions. The son, he said, I have no ilm. I have no knowledge. How am I going to answer their questions? The father said, it's easy. I'll give you a protocol. I'll give you... A, 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 a formula to use and then you'll be able to answer everyone's questions uh, and you won't, you won't be lying so he said okay what is it he said when the people come and they ask you a question then you say Fihi khilaf. some say yes some say no some of them say you can do it he said, so when they come and they ask you a question, you'll say, there's a difference of opinion. Some say you can do it. Some say you can't do it. Some say yes. Some say no. And this is how you answer your questions and you, and you skate out of free like this. So people came and there was a gathering and they started asking questions. So he started up. There's a difference of opinion. Some say yeah. Some say no. Some say it's permissible. Some say not permissible. Some say yeah, Jews. What like this? He, you know, this is how you playing his games, right? So somebody in the crowd, they was listening and they was paying attention, and they said he's saying the same answer for every question. He don't, it don't, it don't seems like he really has knowledge, right? So he asked him. He said, "Yeah, you know, whatever he, his title was, I don't remember, right?" He says, uh, He said, "Is there doubt about Allah?" And the ignorant person, what, trying to act like he knew what he said. Fihi khilaf. 
to the end. Yani, there's a difference of opinion, and then he exposed himself. This person is, is doesn't have knowledge. This person doesn't really have knowledge. So likewise, you see that this same tactic employed by these, yeah, these pseudo scholars, yani, uh, 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 and the like. These pseudo scholars and wannabe politicians and and and, uh, uh, and the like, meaning in the in the manner in which that they 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 speak in their uslub and their nefesi and is that of a politician. You find them employing the same tactic when stuff comes up, especially controversial stuff. Well, some say you can do it, some say you can't do it, some say it's okay, some say it's not okay, so on and so forth. And then the people walk away and they say, "Oh, this person's a good person. He gave us full disclosure. He gave us the whole story. Did he give you the whole story? Did he leave you confused?" Now a person walk away and say, yes, but which one should you do? Well, I don't know. It's a difference of opinion. So so then what? So now what's the frame of reference now for that individual? Is the frame of reference at that point their desire? Well, I don't know. Difference of opinion. So then what? So now what I want to do becomes okay because it's a difference of opinion? What you want to do is okay because it's a difference of opinion? So now what are we basing our ultimate decision on? Is it based upon the text? Is it based upon knowledge? Or is it based upon our desire and what we feel that we want to do because it's a difference of opinion? You understand? We all know about fetwa shopping and so on and so forth. You understand? But these people play these same games and people applaud them and they sing their praises online and they say, these are the true teachers. These are the ones that tell us the whole story. No, these are the ones that tell you what you want to hear. So you can walk away and do what you want to do. And then when you go and do something crazy... This 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 yani yani uh, pseudo politician acting individual this acting individual acting like a politician then he come back and he say what I, I didn't tell him to do that I said it was a difference of opinion I didn't I didn't I didn't okay as uh, yani or sanction that I said it was a difference of opinion he went and did that that was him that wasn't me I just told him what you know what the people said Subhanallah what is this do you find this how the early man are was Sheikh Ben Baz like this? Was Sheikh Uthaymeen like this? Was Sheikh Alibani like this? Was Sheikh Mukbir like this? Is Sheikh Fozan like this? Now and we can keep going on and on and on and on and on. Be very careful. Be very careful. We see here that it is from the way of the Prophet to be very clear. You read the Quran, the Quran is very clear. The Sunnah is very clear, brings the details. This is what you should do. This is why. This is what you stay away from. This is why. Very clear. And its explanation, very clear. It doesn't leave you in a state of confusion. It doesn't leave you so that you have to figure it out yourself. Right? Because at the end of the day, if I come to you and you're supposed to be my teacher and you lead me in a situation that I got to figure it out myself, then it was a waste of time coming to you. What I come to you for if I got to figure it out myself at the, end of, at the end of the day anyway? That makes sense? Do we understand? So, it is incumbent, it is incumbent that we know what is the sunnah and what is the way of the sunnah. That we know, as the ulama they say, we know yani, the, uh, 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 the mannerisms in which the people of the sunnah they speak, the mannerism that the ulama they speak. And when I mean the people of the sunnah, I mean the people of the sunnah, ulama. I'm not talking about no little people in the West, 
you know, running around saying whatever it is they want to say. I'm talking about the ulama. When we look at the ulama, is this what we find, how the ulama, they speak? Because if we look at how the ulama, they, they, they address things, and you go back to the books of the Salaf, then you will see the same, the same, the same uslub, the same stuff. You understand? Because this is how the ilm is passed down from generation to generation, generation to generation. So what I'm saying is that the people of the sunnah, they, 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 they express and they, and they explain things in a certain manner. Now, based upon the proofs and the evidences, based upon the proofs and the evidences. And the, for example, the philosophers, when the philosophers speak, they don't speak the same manner the people of the sunnah. Okay? When the, in the Ahlul Rai, when the people of yeah, any, uh, uh, intellectual deduction and, 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 and opinion, the people of opinion, they try to deduce everything from the intellect. When they speak, the mannerisms in which they speak, it is different. It's not the same. You can tell this person is a person who, who builds his whole argument and everything upon his knowledge and what he thinks he knows and what he thinks he understands and has grasped, so on and so forth. Whereas when the person of hadith, when the person of narrations, when they speak, it is clear that they base their 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 premise is what is the text is the Quran is the Sunnah is 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 the way of the Salaf. It is very clear. Everyone their uslub is distinct. So it is incumbent that we understand the uslub of Ahlul Sunnah so we can recognize it. And when we understand the uslub of the people of innovation so we can stay away from it. The uslub of the Khawarij is very distinct. It's very distinct, the uslub of the khawarij. Very distinct. Naam. Um, and the like. Just like those first khawarij when they came and, 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 and they said what they said. That verily the, the rule is for Allah. Naam. And, and Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He responded by saying what? Kalimatul haqq yuradu bihal batil. That is a true statement. But they intend by falsehood. Naam. A true statement. They intend by falsehood. Wait. Look at the Khawarij right now. What is their main, what is, the, what is one of their main grievances? They're not ruling by the book of Allah. But that's what the, the first one said, right? Barely the rule is for Allah. So what's to imply? You're not ruling by the book of Allah? Yeah, subhanAllah. I'dal. As the one he said to the Prophet, be, be just. The Prophet said, Man ya'dal. Ya'dal. Who's going to be just if I'm not going to be just? What are you talking about? You understand? What is the way of the what is the, the what is the uslub? And the Prophet said that the Khawarij is gonna come from his lineage. But what's the uslub of the Khawarij right now? The rulers are not fair. They have this mouth, they, they're not sharing it, they have this, they not be just with the wealth. So you find that what? The the original call and cry of the Khawarij was what? Was quote unquote to rule by Allah's book and wealth. And yani, a fair distribution, quote-unquote, of wealth. And I'm saying quote-unquote because what? They don't really want for you to rule by Allah's book. No. That is what they say. That's their campaign slogan. But once they get the rule, then they'll come and tell you, oh, no, this is this is secular. This ain't by that. Like the Khwan Muslimin, for example. huh? Like the Khwan Muslimin, for example. They, they'll blame the ruler. He doesn't rule by Allah's book. He doesn't rule by Allah's book. He doesn't rule by Allah's book. And then when they get in power, they say, oh, no, this is a secular government. It's not a religious government. So then what was all that rule by Allah's book? What are you talking about? We've seen it happen in Egypt, so the history is clear. You understand? But the point is, is that when you hear this type of uslub, then you know what? This is from the uslub of the khawarij. This is how the khawarij sound. This is how they speak. So likewise, understand that from the from, from the asanib, 
from the mannerisms of speaking for the people who really don't have knowledge and who want to play games, the people who they are like chameleons and they're going to change color depending upon who they're around and make and try to make everybody happy, is this uslu fihi khilaf. There's a difference of opinion. Some say okay, some say not okay. Some say so. Some say yes, some say no. You understand? You understand? But we see here from this hadith what clarity. From from yani from these two two hadith and how it was brought clarity. So this hadith here is brought so as to show that clarity that what that Islam is built upon five. Now we understood that we might have got that from the hadith of Jibreel, but we don't leave anything to yani you know like that. So therefore, it is emphasized. It is clarified. More benefit is brought. So you bring so the other narration is brought to show that these are the five pillars of Islam. This will be benefit from this particular hadith. Naam. So the Shaykh he mentions he says Fafihi Ma'nan Zaidun fi Hadith Jibreel. So in it then there is an additional benefit, an additional benefit than what was mentioned in the Hadith of Jibreel. That these five pillars of which Islam is built upon, then the first of them is the testimony of faith, the shahadatan, and two testimonies. And the rest, the rest of the arkan of Islam. The rest of the four pillars of Islam and other than it from the religion is what? Is all following the shahada. Is all following the shahada. You understand? That's the origin. The shahada. If the shahada is not there, a person could bring every aspect of the religion. And at the end of it, they're not Muslim. No. They're not Muslim. How are you going to be Muslim if you don't believe in La ilaha illallah? How are you going to be Muslim if you don't believe in Muhammad Rasulullah? They're not Muslim. So all of the deen, it follows what? The shahadatan. Naam, that's the origin. That's the origin. Bye. Food for thought. Food for thought. All of the religion follows the shahadatan. That is what's needed to rectify an individual situation. So to rectify an individual, we got to begin with the shahadatan. Okay? You with me? But ultimate rectification begins with what? The shahadatan. You with me? Okay. How can there be any true re how can there be any true rectification? How can there be any true reform without the shahadatan? Food for thought. Could there be? No. I mean, of course, the answer is no. There cannot. There cannot be any true rectification without the shahadatan. And the NBA, their da'wah was a da'wah that was islahiyah. It was a da'wah that was rectified. It was a da'wah that reformed. It was a reformist da'wah. It was a da'wah that rectified society. And what did all of them begin their call with? And what did all of them have consistent throughout the whole of their call? Was calling the people to La ilaha illallah. Does that make sense? These are dots that we have to connect if we truly want to be yani, uh, beneficial and benefit. If we truly want to benefit and be beneficial to others, we have to connect these dots. We have to connect these dots. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. 
There's no other way. You got to connect these dots. And when I say, you know, خلاص. You, 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 inshallah, ta'ala, you understand. The rest of the deen is built upon these, yani it comes after the shahadatan. They are the most fundamental of the foundation. They are the foundation to the foundation, if you can want to say it in another way. And the rest of the arkan, and they follow it. فَلَا تَنْفَعُ هَذِهِ الْأَرْكَانِ وَغَيْرُهَا مِنَ الْأَعْمَالِ إِذَا لَمْ تَكُنْ مَبْنِيَّةً عَلَى هَاتَيْنِ الشَّهَادَتَيْنِ And the rest of the arkan, the rest of the pillars of Islam, and other than that from the actions, then they will be of no benefit if they are not built upon these two testimonies. If they are not built upon a shahadatan, then they will not benefit. mutalazimatan And the shahadatan, then they go together. It is a must that they go together. They cannot be separated. Because if a person believes in La ilaha illallah, but they don't believe in Muhammad Rasulullah, then they're not a Muslim. They can't, they can't be a Muslim. So, the, so, so, he, so hence now here, the Unitarians, people always ask, what about your, the Unitarian Christians? Meaning, the Unitarian Christians that live during this time who know about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Are they believers? No. Kalla, thumma alfi kalla. No. A thousand times, no. They're not believers because you can't be a believer if you don't believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Just like you cannot be a believer if you don't believe in Isa alayhi salatu wa salam. If you don't believe in Isa, you can't be a believer. If you don't believe in Musa, you can't be a believer. If you don't believe in Ibrahim, you can't be a believer. So how are you going to be a believer if you don't believe in Muhammad You can't be a believer. It's not possible. If you know about Muhammad and you don't believe in him, then you're a kafir. You're not a believer. You have to believe in Muhammad You have to believe in all of the prophets and the messengers, including the last of them. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If you don't believe in Muhammad sallallahu you're not a Muslim. You're not a believer. Period. Radiya man radiya, kariha man kariha. Like it who like it, hate it who hate it. It is what it is. Your opinion, your desires don't change reality. But they go together. If a person believes in Muhammad Rasulullah, but they don't believe in La ilaha illallah, are they a believer? No. It's not possible. It's not possible. Right? So a person coming and saying, oh, but there are some, you know, intellectuals who they acknowledge the prophethood, they acknowledge the messengership of Muhammad sallallahu That makes them believers, right? No. Because they don't believe in la ilaha illallah. So their acknowledgement of the messengership of the prophet sallallahu it avails them nothing. They get nothing from it. You have to believe in the shahada that Muhammad he is a messenger of Allah. In addition, what to believing in La ilaha illallah, you have to believe in La ilaha illallah. Mutalazimatan, they go together. And that which is necessitated by the shahada that none has the right to be worshipped the truth except Allah. That none is worshipped except for Allah. لا يعبد إلا الله. None is worshipped except Allah. سبحانه وتعالى. والمقتضى شهادة أن محمدا رسول الله أي 
أن تكون العبادة وفقاً لما جاء به رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم is that the ibadah it has to be in compliance to that which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he came with. It has to be in compliance to what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he came with. So if it is not in compliance with the Prophet sallallahu came with, then it doesn't count. If it's not upon tawheed, then it does not count. Ma'am. فَهَذَانِ أَصْلَانِ لَبُدَّ مِنْهُمَا فِي قُبُولِ أَيِّ عَمَلٍ يَعْمَلُهُ الْإِنسَانِ So these two, these two يعني, conditions, these two affairs, these two foundations, these two are essential for any action that an individual does, for any action that a human being does, in order for it to be accepted, then... They have to have these two conditions there. So it is a must and it is incumbent that we have sincerity to Allah and to Allah alone. That we have sincerity, we implement the Tawheed, we have Tawheed, we do the action for Allah and for Allah alone. And it is a must that we, yani, uh, follow the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That we have A uh, How would you say That we solely follow the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam In the manner in which that we perform our act of worship Okay So it has to be upon And inshallah ta'ala This clarity is is, is, is yani, it Will be followed by clarity As it comes to hadith um, the hadith of our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha where she mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said man amila amila laysa alayhi amruna fahu raddun whoever does an action does not have on it our command then it is rejected so it has to be in accordance and in compliance with the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or it will be rejected Naam. so these two affairs they are a must these two conditions they must be fulfilled in order for an action to be accepted in order for an action to be accepted these two conditions must be must be there must be fulfilled and as far as the the meaning of each in, in, in detail and what is necessitated the the pillars conditions so on and so forth now then inshallah ta'ala uh, yani refer back to those lessons where that was gone over in detail refer back and 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 we go over this material inshallah ta'ala as a review because it's very very important but yani due to uh one because it was already explained here and also in in other classes right um that are that are current um refer back to those recordings inshallah ta'ala for those and yani yeah and the like and is you know it wouldn't be uh wise to mention it again here now so inshallah ta'ala refer back to those for further detail um, on those particular topics. Right. He mentions in Fatah. He says, فَإِنْ قِيلَ لِمَا لَمْ يُذْكَرْ الْإِيمَانِ بِالْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَغَيْنِ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا تُضَمَّنَهُ سُؤَالُ جِبْرِيلِ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ He said, and if it is said, well, how come Iman and the prophets, 
the angels and 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 uh and other than that from what comes and what was encompassed and what Jabril asked how come that's not mentioned again here how come that's not mentioned again here because in the hadith of Jabril the prophet sallallahu told us that what atakum yu'allimukum dinakum he came to teach you your religion right so how come it's not reiterated here in this particular hadith and the reason is going to be as explained. One, the, uh, the Imam Ibn Hajar, he says, Ujiba bi'anna murad bi-shahada tasdiq al-rasul fi ma ja'a bihi. He said, because what is intended by the shahada is that you believe in the messenger and in everything he came with. That you believe in the messenger and in everything he came with. Naam. فَيَسْتَلْزِمُ جَمِيعِ الْمَذُكِرَ مِنْ مُعْتَدَقَاتِ Naam. So therefore, it will encompass and it will include everything from belief. Naam. It will include everything from belief. So just a quick example. Just a quick example. And it's showing an aspect and a fraction of what uh, Imam al-Hajr he mentioned. Is that... If a person believes in Muhammad Wasallam, if they're testifying that they believe in the final messenger, the final prophet, Muhammad Wasallam, then by default, they have to believe in every prophet that came before him. Naam? By default, they have to believe in every prophet that came before him. That's for, yeah, when a person truly believes. So, by believing in Muhammad Wasallam. By default, a person is acknowledging that they believe in all the prophets and the messengers. Okay? So this is just an aspect to show that by believing in the prophets, I send them, then yes, we believe in all of the prophets and the messengers. By believing in the prophets, I send them, then by default, the one who truly believes him believes in everything he came with. So that will encompass what everything that was mentioned in the hadith of Jibreel. So that's why it's not mentioned again here. وَقَالَ إِسْمَعِلِيُّ He mentioned, يعني, um, he said, and also look at it from another standpoint, Naam, he mentions Ismaili, uh, 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 he mentions, he says that, and it is from the standpoint of mentioning a portion of something. Mentioning a portion of something, but you intend by it the whole of it. So you mention a piece, but you intend the whole. Naam, tismiyat shayb ba'dli. Name is something by mentioning a portion of it. If that makes sense. He's going to bring an example. He says, Kama taqulu. He said, just as it could be said, qaratul hamd. A person can say, qaratul hamd. I read the hamd. I recited the hamd. Naam. What, what you intend by it, what? Yuridu bihi jami' al fatiha. But a person intends by it, meaning they read all of Fatiha. They say, yani hamd. But what's intended, they, they, that they read all of Fatiha, not just Alhamdulillah, but they read all of Fatiha. Ma'am? Kadalika, taqulu mathalan. Also, a person can say, for example, Yani shahidu bin risala Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa taridu jami'al ma dhukira. Wallahu a'lam. And a person can say that I have testified to the messengership. Of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and what they intend by that, and what is understood and encompassed in that, is that what that I believe in everything that he came with. 
that I believe in everything that he came with. But in that instance, it is not necessary to itemize and go down every single thing. I believe in this, and I believe in that, and I believe in this, and I believe in that. It's not necessary. Why? Because it's understood by the by the statement that I believe in the in the messengership of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I believe in his prophethood and his messengership, meaning that I believe in everything he came with. I believe in everything he came with. Uh, they said, and Allah knows best, ma'am, and Allah knows best. But the Shaykh goes on and he mentions. He says, wa. And the most important pillar after the shahada is the salah. That the most important pillar after the shahada is, is the salah. And although it's mentioned shahadatain, the two testimonies, the two testimonies are counted as one pillar. But as-salah. وقد وصف وقد وصفها الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بأن بأنها عمود الإسلام. And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he described the salah that it is the foundation of Islam. That the salah is the foundation of Islam. كما في حديث يعني وصيته صلى الله عليه وسلم لمعاذ بن جبل. Like comes in a hadith where he gave his his advice, his 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 very strong and powerful advice, right, to معاذ بن جبل. رضي الله تعالى عنه وهو حديث تاسع وعشرون من هذه الأربعين and it is the 19th hadith from Afwan تاسع وعشرون is the 29th hadith is the 29th hadith from this أربعين النووية so inshallah ta'ala will come to it بإذن الله تعالى وأخبر أن آخر ما يفقد من الدين and نعم وأخبر أنها آخر ما يفقد من الدين and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he mentioned that this will be the last thing يعني يفقد من الدين that will be taken from the religion will be the salat the last thing taken from the religion is what is the salat because once the salat is gone then that's it نعم فأول ما يحاس and also the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he explained أول ما يحاسب يعني يوم القيامة and that the first thing the person will be asked about on the day of judgment, that it will be the salah. That the salah is the first thing a person will be asked about on the day of judgment, will be what will be the salah as relates to their deeds. And then the Shaykh he says, for more detail, look to the Sisila of Sahiha Lil Albani, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Wa annaha tamiz bain al Muslim. والكافر إن أكثر الصلاة is a distinguishing point, a distinguishing factor between the Muslim and between the non-Muslim. الأحد الذي بيننا وبينهم الصلاة فمن تركها فقد كفر that the difference between us and them is the salah. So whoever has abandoned the salah, then verily they have become a disbeliever. They verily have become a disbeliever. Yeah. The Shaykh says, and he mentioned that that. Meaning the distinguishing factor between us and between the Muslims, between us and between the disbelievers, is the salah. Naam, in this hadith, you could look at it up inside of Sahih Muslim. Sahih Muslim. Naam. And also the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Naam. Naam. That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentioned that that is the distinction between 
the believer and the, and the kafir as it comes here or as it comes in Sahih uh, Muslim. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, And that the establishment of the salat, then it will be upon two ways. Two ways. The first of them is wajib. And that is that a person, yani, that they do the, the, the bare minimum of what is needed in order for the salat to count. This is the, what is wajib on everyone. That they have to do the bare minimum of what is needed for the salat to count. And the second is yani, that which is recommended and that which is, of course, better. And that is that a person brings every single aspect as related to the salat. That which is wajib and that which is also recommended. Naam, at the bare minimum, a person must do the bare minimum of what is needed for the salat to count in order for it to count and for them to have fulfilled their obligation. And then the the Shaykh he gets into a zakah. He gets into a zakah. But we will save that for the next class and we will begin from this point Bithnilahi Ta'ala Fa Naktafi Bihadal Qadr. وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا إلى اللقاء استودعكم الله والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته